Amen. I'm excited that you guys are here tonight. We're doing Catfish Part 2, talking about our identity in the world. We're going to be in Colossians 3 again this week, so if you have your Bibles or your phones, you can flip there, Colossians 3. But Catfish, if you don't know what that is, basically... It's when someone is dating online, they're talking to somebody online, and then they meet them in real life, and it's a separate person, okay? So I don't do this. This has never happened to me. Michael asked me to share a story about catfish, but I'm just being honest with you. I don't have friends that I don't know, and I don't think you should either. Like, that is just sketchy. Like, if you don't know somebody, like, don't add them on Instagram or Snapchat or Facebook or wherever you use. Like, don't do that. That's just weird. I don't do that. I don't think you should do that. But I didn't have a story of dating, like being catfished in my life, but I can tell you a story of when I've been catfished and ordering stuff. For me, the first thing I thought of was food, because I like food. Food is good. But I hate when you order one thing and then you get something different and you're like, that's not what I ordered. Like they catfished you. They got you. Like you ordered, I wanted my eggs scrambled, but I got them sunny side up or vice versa, right? We order one thing, we get something else. But the other thing, this has happened to me before is when we order things online. When you order things online, you really never know what you're gonna get. I ordered like a, it was supposed to be a giant trophy and it was like this big. But when I, my favorite, um, I love a shoe person, I love shoes. Uh, if, you, if you have Yeezys, I'm a little bit jealous of you. Um, but Yeezys, man, they're Adidas, they're awesome. I'm an Adidas fan. I'm trying to make the transition from Nikes to Adidas because Adidas is cool again. Like it was cool when I was in, Junior high, but it wasn't really cool in high school. The only Nikes that I have now are like Metcons if I'm working out, but I'm not really working out right now. But uh, Adidas are the thing now, and if you have Yeezys, you're cool. But it cracks me up. If you have never heard this word, Feezys, that's a fake Yeezy, all right? And people get Feezys if they can't afford the real deal or if they order them online and they wind up with something else. So I was scrolling through Instagram one day, and I saw this, and if you've seen this, it is hilarious. This is a fake pair of Yeezys. I don't know if you can see this, but this is a sock. Homeboy made a sock with some electrical tape and a vacuum hose, and he sold those as Yeezys. They got catfished. I, I don't know. I want to know how much someone paid for these because they literally bought a sock and a, a electrical tape. But that is embarrassing. Like, if I got that, I would have been so mad. He got got. But like I said, I'm a shoe person. I like shoes. I try to spend my money when I can on shoes. I just had to be up front with you guys tonight though. I'm wearing an Adidas shirt, but um, my shoes are a little bit disappointing. So I know that they're dirty. Thank you for putting that up there and showing everyone. Yes, I know that they're dirty. I stepped in a puddle today and this is what I got going. So I just have to get that off my chest. Yes, I know that my shoes are dirty and yes, I'm a shoe person and it's a little bit embarrassing, but we're just gonna go with it tonight. So just ignore my shoes. Usually I'd have, be, have better game tonight. Um, but my shoes are what they are. So we're going to be in Colossians 3, talking about catfish and what your identity in the world is. And I want you to know that our identity in the world is this. If you're taking notes, write this down. Our identity in the world is Christ. Our identity in the world is Christ. A lot of the times we think that our identity means who we are, means the labels that we have. You know, whether we're a football player or we're in the band or we make straight A's, we think that that's what our identity is in. But I want you to hear this tonight. Your identity in the world is not the labels that they give you, it is the label that Jesus gives you, and that is himself. Your identity in the world is Christ. 
Okay, last week we talked about what we're supposed to put off, the things that we put off. And Michael taught us from Colossians 3 and the things that we're supposed to put off in our anger and malice and all that stuff. And tonight we're going to be looking at what we're supposed to put on, okay? The things in our life that we want to have. So Colossians 3, verse 9, read it with me on your phones. It'll be on the screen. It says, do not lie to each other since you've taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge and the image of its creator here there is no gentile or jew circumcised or uncircumcised barbarian or scythian slave or free but christ is all and is in all we're going to break this down a little bit if we go back to verse 9 it tells us sorry verse 10 it tells us that we are renewed and true knowledge. What that means, like I just told you, the, our, our, our identity, once we step into a relationship with Christ, is this. Is no longer the label that the world gives us, no longer who they say you are, but you now have a new knowledge of who you are in Christ. Last week, Michael talked about that we find our identity, our identity is shaped in the things that we are watering the things that we give our time and our money and our thoughts to, if we're dwelling and watering an idea about us from the world or from Satan that we're not good enough or we're not pretty enough or God can never use because of our past, that's watering our identity in the world. But what this tells us is that when we step into a relationship with Jesus, we're given a new knowledge of who we are in him. And it tells us that if we are a believer, that that new knowledge is that we are made in the image of Christ, made in the image of Christ. In high school, the, some of the labels that I carried, I kind of uh, had most of the same ones throughout high school, but I played basketball and thought I was cool, thought I was popular. But one of the other labels that I had, I know, in, where, at least where I grew up, letterman jackets weren't really like a thing, but I know that they are here. So if you were dating someone, like you wore their jacket, that was what you did. Y'all probably don't do that because that's kind of weird. But, I, like, you wore their name. And what we did is we wore each other's, well, the guys would, like, give their high school ring to the girl, and they would wear that around their neck. That was their label, letting, hey, like, she's my girlfriend, like, we're dating. That was what we did in high school. That was my label. That's how we identify. But what Christ is telling us here is that now, when we step into a relationship with him, our image is nothing else in the world. He tells us that our image is in Christ. And Christ does two things for us. Christ is our creator. He made you. He made you in his image. He created you. He designed you to have a relationship with God. See, we're relational people. We like to hang out. Like, I don't like being by myself. A lot of times I'm by myself, like, I get scared. Like, especially if I'm home alone, like, I do this thing. Like, I think somebody's behind me and no one's there, right? We get scared when we're by ourselves. We're made to be relational people. Christ designed you, God designed you to have a relationship with him. He created you in his image. He also cleanses us. When we become believers, he cleanses us, meaning that he makes us an entirely new creation. I mean, he takes away the old. He takes away the old Meredith and he puts on himself. Meaning that when God looks at you, When God looks at your life, when he looks down at you, he doesn't see all of your junk and and your sin and the things that you've messed up and he sees 
Jesus. That's what that means when he cleanses you. He looks at you and sees Jesus. Verse 11, it says that there's no Gentile or Jew, that Christ is all and is in all. Meaning that when God sees us, there's no distinction now. If you have a relationship with him, when he looks at you, there's no distinction between you and Jesus and also the believer sitting next to you. So what that means for us, how that applies to you and to me, is how do we view other believers? Right? That's hard sometimes. Like sometimes I'm like, that person is driving me nuts. Like I don't want to view them that way right now. Like they are so annoying. I can't stand them. Right? But if there's no distinction between you and me, if Christ has created us in his image and designed us to have a relationship with God and he's cleansed us, he's made us completely new. When God sees you, he sees Jesus, then I need to see the same thing. I need to have that same attitude. When we look at other people, if we have a relationship with Jesus, what he asks us to do is to view them as God's creation. To say, hey, God's created you, and so because of that, I'm going to love you. Even though you're not acting like Jesus right now, I'm going to love you anyways, because that's what God has called me to do. You and me are the same now, because we have been made new in Jesus. There is no distinction. So the first thing, as believers, that we're supposed to put on is the new self. The new self, the new creation that God has made us to be. The second thing it says that we're supposed to put on some new clothes. I don't know about you, but I like shopping. I'm not going to lie. I actually went shopping today. I know you're not supposed to do that when you're at work, but I went shopping today because candles were on sale at Bath, uh, Bath and Body Works for $12.50, and I had to go get my candles. You know what I'm saying? But I enjoy shopping. And this says to put on the new clothes. Let's read this together, verse 12 through 14. It says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these things, over all of these virtues, put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. I hope you caught that. The very first thing that it tells us as we read this about ourselves, it's telling us about our identity, so who we are, who we are created to be in Christ. It says that we are chosen, that we are holy, and we are dearly loved. I don't know about you, but if I'm having a bad day and someone tells you that I'm chosen, holy, and dearly loved, that's probably going to make my day a little bit better. The crea- I don't know if you caught that. The creator of the universe says that you are holy, that you were chosen, and that you are dearly loved. And what that means that is that you are set apart, that he has made you holy. That, ho- that word holy there means set apart. See, Jesus lived a perfect, sinless life, and he wanted you to have that too. So what he did was he died on a cross and rose again three days later so that you could have a relationship with him. You could have that same perfection, that same perfect and holiness in your life so that when Christ looks at you, that's what he sees. It also tells us to put something else on, those new clothes. It says compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Those are all things I am terrible at. I'm just being real with y'all. Like I'm not good at those things. 
Last week, he told us the things that we're supposed to put off. We're supposed to take off malice, anger, slander. But if we're going to take out something, we have to replace it with something else. If you've ever tried to get rid of a habit, like just quit something, cold turkey, and unless you replace that with something else, it's probably just going to come back. Like if you, if you don't replace your time with something else that you're doing, something beneficial, something helpful, then that old habit is just going to show itself back again, right? Because whatever we put in, whatever we're putting into our minds is coming, comes out, right? I walked into the office the other day and someone was, um, was singing a song, Havana, oh, na, na. you know that song? I'm probably never going to sing on stage again. But someone was singing that song and I was like, are you singing that? Like, even when we're not listening to music, it still comes out, right? What we're putting in comes out. So if we want to replace a bad habit, then we got to be putting good things to replace those bad habits. We have to be feeding our mind with good things. Michael said, if we want to set our minds on Christ, then we have to spend time with him. If we want to set our minds on Christ, then we have to feed our hearts with truth. Write that down. If we want to set our minds on Christ, then we have to feed our hearts with truth. Tells us to put on these things, to clothe ourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Also tells us to forgive. Says forgive. Why? Because Christ has forgiven us, and he keeps on forgiving us. There is nothing that you can do to ever make God not love you anymore. There is nothing too bad that you have done or gone through or someone has done to you that God cannot forgive you of and make you new of and cleanse you from. So if you're holding bitterness in your heart, if you're holding a grudge against somebody, let me just remind you, this is for me too. This is hard. Like, I don't like forgiving people. I just like to move on and not talk to them anymore. What Christ calls us to do is to forgive them because he's forgiven us. And then the last thing it tells us to put on in this section is it says, above all else, above everything else, to put on love, to put on love. And I hope that you caught this, and I hope that you know this, and I hope this is true in your life. But God demonstrated his love for you. He loved you so much that he demonstrated that by sending his only son to earth to, send a, to live a perfect, sinless life and to die a terrible death so that you and I could have a relationship with him. He loved you so much that he did not want you to be separated from him because of your sin, that he sent his son to die on a cross so that you and I could have eternal life. He desired to have a relationship with you that much. So if God is willing to love us that much, then how are we loving other people? If we're supposed to be putting on all these things, compassion, kindness, forgiveness, if we're supposed to be putting on love, the way that we measure love is, is by Christ, and Christ gave his life for you and me. So how are we loving other people. I told you guys I'm a Adidas, I'm trying to be an Adidas fan. I like name brands. I don't really buy like the off brand stuff even at the uh, even at if, even at the grocery store. I'm just to be honest with you guys. I know that I should buy the off brand, but I don't because I feel like some for some reason Quaker Oats is better than like these fake oats. I don't know. I just feel like it's the real deal and I want to have the real deal. But God has given you 
the real deal. I hope you know that. And he's giving you his label. Right? I wish that Adidas paid me to like wear their stuff. That would be awesome. But there's professional athletes, right, that get paid to endorse certain products, certain brands, like Nike or Adidas or whatever they're wearing, Under Armour. Like, how awesome would that be? If someone paid me to, like, wear their clothing, I'd be like, uh, yeah, sure. I'll, if you pay me $5, I'll wear it. Like, I don't care. But I hope that you caught this. Jesus loved you so much. He wanted you to wear his name so much that he gave his life so that you could have the label of Christian, so that you could have the label of perfection, so that you could have the label of new creation as a child of God. Jesus loved you so much that he paid his life so that you could wear the label of Christian, of Christ follower. The last thing that tells us as we're putting on our new identity, is it tells us to dwell, to dwell. Verse 15 through 17, it says this. It says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you are called to peace. And be thankful. Go back. And be thankful. That's literally a three-sentence word. I'm not very good at English. I don't even know if that's how, if you need more than three words to make a sentence. But it's in the Bible, and it's a three-sentence, I mean, a three-word sentence. Wow, I can't even talk. Thank you. Y'all are all laughing at me, but no one was telling me that I was saying it wrong. That's a three-word sentence. Be thankful. I'm terrible at that. I'm so bad at complaining, especially in college, right? And be thankful. Have a grateful heart. Don't get caught on the small things. Hey, just a reminder, God sacrificed a lot for us so that we could be excited about a lot. Right? Don't get caught up in the little things. Don't be, don't be petty about things. Let's keep going. Verse 16 says, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through him. That passage that we just read, it tells us that we're a walking billboard, basically, and that your calling is to dwell in the message of Christ, to dwell in the message of Christ. What that means is that no matter what you're doing in your thoughts and your words and your actions, is it portraying, is it communicating the message of Christ all these things we just talked about, about putting on of kindness and compassion and love and peace and forgiveness. But are you dwelling in that? Can people tell when they look at you that you wear the label of Christ? Can they tell when they look at me? Verse 17, it says, And whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through him. No matter what we do, if you didn't catch anything tonight about your identity and your purpose in the world, I want you to catch this. I want you to write this down. I want you to memorize that. Is that everything that we do, that you and I do, should be in the name of Jesus. 
should be in the name of Jesus, not Meredith's name, not your name. Whatever we do, our identity, our purpose in the world, whether in action or in the words that we speak, is to be in the name of Jesus. You are wearing the label, if you're a believer in the room, you are wearing the label of Christ. Does, your, does our life match that? When people look at our lives, does it match that label? Growing up, my last name, Landry, kind of gave me away. My dad was a pastor and people knew who I was. Like I would try to avoid saying my last name because as soon as it came out of my mouth, people were like, oh, okay. Like, oh, you're that person. As soon as I said my last name, it automatically gave me the label as, oh, she's a pastor's kid. She better be perfect. Like she better not mess up. And I wore that label proudly. Like I wanted to bring honor to my family. I didn't want to mess up our name. I wanted people to respect my dad and respect our family and bring honor to our name, my last name. And what I hope you caught tonight is that Jesus wants the same thing for you and for me. He wants us to bring honor and everything that we do and praise to his name. But the reality is that most of us in the room, hopefully not most of us, but some of us, we can't do that because we still have on the old self. Verse nine, it says, do not lie to each other since you've taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self. When you step into a relationship with Jesus, that moment you were given a new identity and that identity is Jesus. But we forget that sometimes. Why? Because we listen to the labels that the world has given us, that you're not good enough, that you're gonna be just like your dad, that you're never gonna amount to anything that God could never use you because of your past or you don't have the right look or you don't have the right sound or you can't do this because ba da 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 We get caught wearing the old shoes and they look dirty and they're gross and we really don't want people to see us wearing these old shoes but we continue to let the lies that the enemy has put in our head that we're not good enough and God can never use us to shape our identity and and let the world tell us exactly who we are. But students, my prayer for us tonight, for every one of you in the room, is that you understand if you have a relationship with Jesus, that when he looks at you, he doesn't see these old, dirty, nasty shoes that have mud stains and coffee stains and grass stains on them that you've been wearing and they probably stink because let's be real, most of you probably have stinky feet. Let's be real. Now, when Jesus looks at you, when God looks at you, this is what he sees. This is what he sees. A perfect, white, without blemish. It's spotless. It's never been worn. It smells good. It smells like brand new rubber and plastic. But this is what God sees when he looks at you. Do you, have you. Did you catch that? God doesn't see your brokenness. 
He sees you as whole. God doesn't see you as fake. He sees you as real. God doesn't see you as ashamed. He sees you as forgiven. This is how he sees you. So my challenge for us tonight is to do this. To take off those nasty old shoes that we've been wearing for a while that stink and that have mud on them and are nasty and gross and to put these on. These new, clean, perfect shoes that represent the image of Christ that he has made you to be, that he has made you to reflect. See, God doesn't want you to walk around in these. He doesn't. Because when he sees you, he doesn't see this. He sees you as holy, as spotless, as blameless. He sees Jesus when he looks at you. So my challenge for us is to put on these new shoes and to then start, to start living it out. So that in everything we do, just like it said in verse 17, whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Do everything in his name. From the moment that you wake up in the morning and you don't really wanna be up and you wanna have a bad attitude with your mom, to when you're at school and you're taking a test and you don't know the answers and you want to cheat, to when you get home and your dad's yelling at you and you want to yell back at him, hey, guess what? God's given you a new identity and that identity is Jesus so you can live that out and you can walk like him because he's made you completely new. That's my challenge for us tonight. For the rest of you in the room, some of you already have these shoes on and I'm so glad that you do and I'm so glad that you're walking new. But when I get a new pair of white shoes, first of all, number one, I get stressed. I'm just being honest with you because I'm like, oh no, I'm gonna mess them up and they're not gonna be white anymore and then I'm gonna be really mad because I've spent money on these. For the rest of you in the room who already have these shoes on, then my question for you is how are you keeping them white? How are you keeping them fresh? Last week, Michael said that, if, that our, the way that we want to shape our identity is by what we're watering. And we need to set our minds on Christ. So if you want to set your mind on Christ, then you have to feed your hearts with truth. You can't go back and step in the same mud that you were playing in before. You got to walk in the light that he's called you to walk in. And you know that when you're spending time in his truth, when you're and pouring his truth into your heart and into your mind. So if you want to keep your shoes fresh and white and clean, if you want to keep walking and pursuing Jesus, I'm so proud of you that you have these on, but don't forget to be putting those good things into. Don't forget to be putting the truth into your life. Because the truth is that every single one of you in this room, if you have a relationship with Jesus, he's created you in his image. And he's given each of you a distinct calling. I want all of you to look at your thumb. Your thumb has a print on it. And this thumbprint is really important, right? It's got your identity on it. That's how you get in your phone for now, right? Your thumbprint is important. 
There's two things I want you to notice about your thumbprint is that it's the same when you're born as it is now, unless you've burned it off somehow. Like your thumbprint doesn't change, okay? It's distinct to who you are, okay? But also there's not another one like it. Out of all the millions of people in the world, there's not a single person that has the same thumbprint or fingerprint that you have. And what I want you to know tonight is that if you have a relationship with Jesus, that he's given you a fingerprint and a thumbprint for a reason. Because everywhere that you go, if your hands are sweating, you're leaving fingerprints. I know that's gross. And you're like, Ugh. But if you're sweating, you're leaving fingerprints. And we leave fingerprints all over the place. They're, my fingerprints are everywhere up here. They're all over this microphone. We leave an impression wherever we go. And what God has called us to do as believers is to leave an impression for him. God wants to use your identity to point others to himself. And everything that you do, he wants you to leave your fingerprint, your thumbprint for him. But the truth is in the room, if you don't have a relationship with Christ, then you can't leave an impression for him. You're still wearing these old shoes. You haven't been made new. If you don't have a relationship with him, you can't do those things. So with no one looking around.